morning, America. It's Jerry Rhodes, your podcaster from the American Enterprise Swing Vote Party. Today's topic, American Enterprise Falters when America crossed the point of no return, which is amplified when OPEC de-dollarizes trade. This is the intent of the China alliances, is to take in others that will not destroy America, but employ America. How could this happen with uh, our democracy? I mean, do we really even have a democracy? It's been it's been amended 29 times. Uh, when's that ever going to end? Why don't we, why, are we going to throw it out and start over? But we've really crossed the point of no return. No return on our uh, great American enterprise. It's in debt that far, far exceeds our ability to generate gross domestic product and cash flow to pay down the current debt, let alone the long-term obligations for Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and guaranteed government pensions for however long they live, 24 million of them. Well, are we gonna do it with, uh, with, uh, without secure borders? We're increasing our overhead and our welfare by millions and billions, according to the New York City mayor and the Chicago mayor and the, who else is a sanctuary, big city, um, Los Angeles, um, Denver, all those secure uh, sanctuary cities, counties, and cities and townships, they're going to lose their Loses it. Well, they are losing anyway. It just means more borrowed money. I, all I hear from the pundits is, oh, they're wasting taxpayer money. Well, no, taxpayer money has been wasted in the first three months on deficit spending. This is all about borrowed money. Well, where are we borrowing from? Who's, who's, who are the debtors? Um, creditors. Who are the creditors? Well, American public, presumably, principally, the wealthy, hold 70% of, of U.S. Treasury bonds, notes, or securities. And another 30% own some form of 401k mutual fund uh, accounts. Well, they're they're not they're they're in, they're doing quite well on a stock market that went to twenty seven thousand. Unbelievable uh, how well that could happen with the Fed raising the interest rates and bankrupting uh, the great American enterprise. 
there's interest rates on the, the on an inv inverted yield curve now for long-term treasuries and uh, at 1.4 percent and then the short-termers is just four percent and uh, we're losing the trade war to China's what I'll call a monopsony the buyer and seller of last resort an economic term that you should learn and uh, we're, we're defaulting on short-term debt 79 times. What do you mean default? Well, we moved the ceiling. So we could borrow more, issue more <clears throat> short-term treasuries to probably cover, cover the interest on the long-term treasuries. It's all about compound interest. You know, if you got a credit card and you only pay $25 minimum payment and it should be $200, guess what? The difference is added to the, the principal compounded. We're hiding long-term debt and uh, no accruals for the interest that we're not paying. Not on generally accepted accounting principles at any level. Every state is underwater. How do you know that? Well, go, go look at the debt clock. Their debt versus their GDP is in a negative position. Oh, no, it can't be. Well, they are. California, Illinois, New York. Well, okay. So... What do we do about this? Well, we're not focusing in on problems and solutions. We're focusing in on the issues between the McCoys and Hatfields, the two-party system. That's gridlocked and each party going to lie and cheat and point and blame the other party until a one-party system exists either the left or the right, the red or the blue, or the Republicans and Democrats, they aspire to be the only party. Well, what do they want to be? Do they want to be big brother or do they want to be a king, a monarchy? Well, I think right now we are a monarchy with a Biden and the Biden family. It's like King Tut and his son, the biggest butt. So we're uh, losing the rule of law to the rule of rulers, to the law of rulers, sorry. We're losing the rule of law to the law of rulers. Gridlock Congress, uniparty system, incompetent leaders taking America into bankruptcy uh, by op opening the borders and now, uh, some, something in the area of about a trillion dollars in subsidies for the Green New Deal. That's going to save us from self-inflicting death on America. No, it's the death clock that's, that's, that's predicting the death of America. It's WWW's death clock. I just so happen to call it the death clock because the next... Uh, um, moving of the debt ceiling will be bankruptcy because we don't have a plan of 
please have your organization to actually solve the problem. I propose such in my uh, uh, American Enterprise Party trilogy in the second volume. It's called the Manifesto. It's a quasi-reorganization of our, our country's enterprise. It's not about economics. This is about the enterprise. There's a difference between inter economics and enterprise. Economics is about the cost of doing business. Enterprise is the profit of doing business. Get used to it. You don't want to start talking like a banker or a bureaucrat or a, a economist. None of them ever run a business. They've never invented a product. Uh, oh no, oh no, Musk has invented the, the electric car. Buffett, he, he invented Gillette or the knee and Dairy Queen and Gates, the Microsoft or no, no, they didn't. They stole it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's true. So, de-dollarizing trade. What does that mean? Because that is the point of no return. OPEC, which is the biggest shipper next to China. China is the biggest, by far the biggest, with their alliances and, and their cargo ships and containers and and owning the 100 ports around the world with its ability to get through the Suez Canal and the Panama Canal, of which American money widened so they could get their boats through. The service are 20 ports. Unfortunately, they're charging for that shipping. And we have to unload it manually, put it on trains, planes, semi-trailers uh, to get to from the port to the wholesaler's shelves or the retail and then the retailer's shelves and we have to stock it and, and, and incur marketing expenses that which china and the alliances 30 countries do not share in so it's no wonder that we have negative gdp growth while they have positive history-making increases in GDP around the world. But that, that was just the tipping point. The tipping point took us to the point of no return. Deficit spending on borrowed money and compound interest with OPEC de-dollarizing trade. What does de-dollarize mean? Well, the dollar is the reference currency that in all global trade. And they have to convert their currency to our currency, ours is the fiat currency. And then the, the difference is, uh, in theory anyway, that the, the, the dollar has, has more mobility and credibility than all these other hundred or so of countries uh, domestic currency. Well, how did that all happen to come to this? Well, uh, the supply line's been taken over by other countries. Oh, well, let's just move it back. Let's just, as Trump did, did, he lowered the taxes on corporations so they'd come back. 
Uh, no, I, that didn't do it. Uh, it hasn't happened. Matter of fact, the imposition of tariffs was on the importers a 20% tax, not on the exporters. So the exporters laughed all the way to the bank <clears throat> with the trade policies established by prior presidents, including Trump. So what are we going to do? Well, not only that, we think we're going to scare the, the rest of the world into submission because there's just been a B-21 stealth, supersonic, nuclear-loaded, and autopilot can keep America great. A fleet of 100 to be built by Grumman aircraft. Uh, and one is a, a prototype has already been developed for a billion dollars. They're going to charge $100 billion for a fleet of 100. Wow. Is this our peace through strength or peace through fear? Because China is just with, the, with the, their cash flow that exceeds, uh, since we don't have any cash flow, it's just borrowed money. China has the cash flow it's generating just from its uh, shipping monopoly around the world and its alliances in South America and Africa and India, Central America and Canada and Mexico. Wow, wait a minute. Those are countries that, that are behooving to us. Well, they used to be until Truman dropped the atom bomb on civilians. And they label us as the imperialists. Uh, don't, don't look for them to give us any breaks uh, when America goes under. What can, what can we do to keep America great? Uh, well, we can't do it with 100 fleet of 100 B-21s costing a uh, trillion dollars, no, $100 million. It's because our so-called friends and enemies want to take America down, not destroy our economy, but our enterprise that they employ in their monopsony governments or monarchies and shipping and distribution <clears throat> Which is, which is a monopoly. It's called the law of rulers, not the rule of law. We're no longer the rulers. We are the ruled. We've done it internally with our 24 million bureaucrats and our rules and regulations tying everybody's hands to uh, not high quality, but uh, high cost overhead, which is never going to make any money. And so I have proposed in, in my podcast that we have a third party, Swing Vote Party, American Enterprise Swing Vote Party, that is a referee, that does have a plan of reorganization, that does have a way of turning the tables on China and its alliances. And it's to get rid of the Green New Deal. Forget that stuff. Get rid of uh, having these agencies all reporting to the federal government. Um, privatize them. Uh, agriculture, transportation, healthcare, education. Um, they all look and smell like an enterprise. So they need to have the same structure where somebody's accountable. 
we have all these agencies who have no idea what they do. Uh, millions of people working in these agencies. And then we have the same agencies at the state level and in the local level for public health. It's, it's just amazing when you go to a state capital during the legislative season and you can't find a parking place. The ants are all over the hill trying to get their share. And they got in Iowa, they had like 2,000 committees, subcommittees, which is all <coughs> patronage. And no one seemed to know what they were going to, supposed to do other than getting their stipend check um, or voting for a Democrat or a Republican. I guess Republican there in Iowa. Every state's the same. State legislature is, is not a beehive, it is an anthill. And it's killing off, uh, the drones are killing off the queen for sure, or king. It's a male governor. So we need to do what Margaret Thatcher did. In England, when they had a 92% tax rate, and they they had, they were underwater, couldn't pay their bills, couldn't, couldn't really generate capital nor new business. She came in and said, no, uh, you know, all these colonies all, all over the world here, they want their independence, give it to them and let them have to fund their own mess. So they did. And guess what? The tax rate came from 90% to 20% and America was back in business, but it was for Queen Elizabeth, the monarch, not for Margaret Thatcher's um, free enterprise party. That's what I'll call it. That's not what they called it. Um, so yes, America needs to do similarly here. You know, how are we gonna cut a payroll that's, that's $1.9 trillion, 24 million employees at every level. We don't know what they do. When we privatize them, we'll find out what they're, they're supposed to do. We'll be leaner and meaner. And each, each agency has to produce positive cash flow. We don't need them. And the states, well, I'm gonna, I call them colonies. Uh, in the beginning here, we, we were a colony that got away from King Edward, and as the pilgrims that started free enterprise, no one else, not the not 16, 20, 16, 19 slaves, that's for sure. Uh, no, the pilgrims uh, needed to trade beans for corn, corns for clothes, clothes for covered wagons, covered wagons for cars, cars for planes, trains, and automobiles. And the growth of America was on that formula until using the rule of law until the law of rulers entered in. We became to socialize, if you want to use that word, not populize. Uh, those are just words. What in effect it was happening here is that the uh, capitalists, the shareholders, the business owners, the risk takers, the entrepreneurs, started coming up with technology and ideas to expand the GDP to the rest of the world. And maybe give it away or have it stolen or or really create our own competition out there, which is now turning on us. So the great American enterprise is has crossed the point of no return to quasi reorganization or bankruptcy. We're insolvent. We cannot pay our bills out of the passing the plate or, or passing the 46 taxes that we have, increasing them. You can get them 
to 100% like, like Great Britain did and still not be able to, to handle this monstrous debt. And deficit spending continues. The insanity just says we'll do it faster and then we'll solve it. Well, I'm sorry, Donald, you're not going to solve this with increased GDP and a um, growing stock market that's invested in, uh, in Chinese alliances. Yeah, our hedge funders are hedging against America. They're selling short on America and long on, on uh, China and its alliances. And yeah, Larry Fink says he's going to go in and, and restore Ukraine. Go, go in and restore our ghettos. Get these people off the street. Stop, stop this nonsense of saving the world. We can't even save America. These people are all turning into welfare cases, and they're, and they're going to take up whatever they can grab and borrow and, and steal from the American pie, which will no longer exist. And the American dream, rooted in the American dream, will have become the American nightmare. So is this all grim and gloom and doom? No. Read my books. Everything's good if we have leadership, if we have a, a Nick Saban coaching it or a Ditka or Belichick. They know how to they know how to organize a game plan and utilize their talent and focus on winning an offense, not a hundred fleet of a hundred B-52s to scare everybody to death, for God's sake. I guess maybe they try to do that by getting these three hundred pounders in their line and then people faster than a speeding bullet, but in football. But here we're trying to do it with weapons of mass destruction. We've we've built three trillion and four trillion of them since the Second World War. I've just wasted all kinds of money. We got them hidden out somewhere. Then we send them over to Afghanistan and leave them, and then we sell them to OPEC for in the form of, of uh, stealth bombers, so they can bomb us. I guess I just don't think that it's really in their DNA to to kill off their best customer. So maybe we can learn a little bit here if we just start dealing with this in reality, not in some politician's pocket. And am I a politician? No, I'm the stupid stranger. You running for president? No, no, I'm, I'm running uh, for a third party that will be dedicated to pulling the extreme right and left of the middle or they won't exist. Well, then that just leaves you. No, the referees don't play the game. They need to have opponents. So we'll have the red and the blue and the left and the right and the Democrats and Republicans. But I would hope that Mitt Romney, the uh, rhino, and Joe Manchin, a dino, would come and help me do this and establish the party as, as the swing vote, as the referee, because those two have more common sense than any other uh, of our Congress people who mostly are attorneys. And these two guys have done a business, they've been in, through bankruptcies and they know how to handle handle something like this. So that's the way I'll end this particular um, segment by uh, 
trying to find my cell phone, which now I've been doing it on the computer. Won't let me sign in. Okay. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning. Here we are around the breakfast table doing our research. <laughs> Today's topic is right off the college debt. Biden and his team are hell-bent on getting those votes. Mm -hmm. They're going to write off $1.2 trillion growing, still growing, still being done, college debt. Unbelievable. I mean, all these younger, uh, more r radical college students running up the debt and saying they can't afford to pay it off. And they're not even out of school yet. They're, they're, most of them are in school 8, 10, 12 years. Live with their parents after they get out because they had psychology or philosophy as a major. Anyway, what's behind all this? I wonder how much these colleges and universities have in their endowment funds. Because they're very quiet. Usually in a, in a creditor situation like the, the college debt where the government has guaranteed it, they usually go to the debtor, which is a college and universities that made money off of this. They had a 20, 28% increase in the value of their endowments in 2021 due to the rise in the stock market in, in a... In a in, in, in an economy or enterprise that is represented by the stock market is going up because of what? Well, insane government spending. The government is holding up this, this house of cards. Underneath the house of cards, just listen to this. Harvard, annual budget, $6 billion. 19,000 employees, a $50 billion endowment. Actually, I went into to our trustee Siri or our, our uh, internet and found these numbers. 927 billion of endowments of colleges and universities in America. Huh. That's where the money is, folks. They're expecting the taxpayers to write off $1.4 trillion in college debt so these young uh, socialists or whatever they are from what they're learning in these universities anymore, radical, so they can go out and protest and reelect Joe Biden so he'll write off that debt. Well, it's been my position all along that, that, that there should be no write-off of the college debt unless it's written off against those, that, those colleges and universities that raise their tuition and their costs by 200 or 300% when the government said they'd guarantee these loans. And they're the ones that should suffer the loss when, when the students that supposedly they have turned into uh, responsible citizens that can pay their bills by working and, and helping our enterprises uh, make money 
which is not happening because we're only talking about the economics of America. That's the cost of government. That's the cost of everything. We fail to, to, to discuss our great enterprise that is losing a trillion a year to a trade imbalance. Uh, we have leadership that thinks we should take the loss for everything. And frankly, uh, it's put us into bankruptcy. But Harvard, $53 billion in endowments. Yale, $42 billion. Uh, I can't read my writing. Oh, University of Texas, $40 trillion. Stanford, $38 trillion. Princeton, $37 trillion. Oh, those eastern seaboard universities that really create our, our legislators, uh, they all come through an attorney program expecting to get their big piece of the pie. Uh, the, 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 who else here? MIT, $27 billion. University of Pennsylvania, Biden's university, $20 billion. Notre Dame, $18 billion. Down to a measly $9 trillion for Cornell. Or a total valuation in the stock market of these endowments set $974 billion. It increased 35% in 2021 while we were having a downturn because the country was closed down by the Fauci virus. And the big, the big universities and educational systems, they stayed open. And so did the big boxes. And so did the big government bureaucrats. They all got their paychecks. They were essential. Essential to holding up the, the, this house of cards. Wow. And out of that comes what? Woke journalism. Woke ESG and DEI formulas. The Bill Gateses and the Buffets and the Musks of the world that never invented anything. Never did invent it. Oh, Musk, he invented the electric car. He invented that Tesla battery. They didn't invest anything. They are salesmen. We do need salesmen. We do need marketers. We do need our great enterprise system to make money. Because otherwise we do not have uh, the resources to sustain this, what's, what I call now an oligarch, which is run by 100 senators, 435 uh, congressmen and women, or whatever they are, and nine Supreme Court justices and the president, and 50 governors, and 400-some-thousand, I forget how many city mayors and county supervisors. We've got bureaucrats coming out of our, you know what? And we no longer operate at any level on the rule of law. It is the law of rulers. Therefore, we get to, in a long-winded way, today's topic. America is no longer a democracy. The demise of the enterprise. It's not the economics, stupid. That's the cost of doing business. The, the enterprise is the the profit that's made by the enterprise. When the economics go sky high and, and the 
prophets go uh, into the red the other way, guess what? You have a bankruptcy in making. And bankruptcies start out slow, and then eventually they pick up speed, and then they happen all of a sudden when OPEC says they want to de-dollarize trade. (laughs) They're one of the biggest traders. You can spell that either way. Because they are now in alliance with good old China. They're buddies. Yeah, OPEC wants to use the yuan as the Chinese currency as the reference currency in trade. Well, I'll tell you right now, if and when that happens, and they and they want to use Chinese cryptocurrency or a one-bank cryptocurrency, and when that happens, goodbye America. Goodbye, the great American enterprise, because we will no longer be number one. God knows where we'll end up with the debt we've we're got hung on our ourselves. So what does this mean, no longer democracy? Well, the Constitution's been amended 29 times. Mm. And now they want to apply the Constitution to hang Trump so he can't run. And if he wins, <coughs> we're still going to be bankrupt. Because he's a real estate guy, he's not a business, uh, not a, a global trade person. Got to have somebody that at least understands the process of China taking over global trade by building their own shipping monopoly. Since ninety percent of the goods around the world are, can go by ship, and, and and it's the worst concept because it's the farthest away from the consumers. And then what are the consumers of the world? 30 countries are exporting more to America than we import to them. So, what else? The debt ceiling exceeded 79 times. Uh, Open borders, threats to society 110 million times after Biden gets through letting them in. No vetting, no talent, no skills. Don't speak English, don't have anything but a bag of fentanyl. They'll bring into the country. Number four, leaders failed 47 times, except for uh, Abdalanoor Roosevelt and and, uh, Abraham Lincoln. The rest of them are all attorneys of some sort or another and did nothing to save the democracy. Number five, protests causing riots every time. So we now have the, the protesters having more rights than the, the enterprises we have that took the hit for the George Floyd deity and, and, and the hate crime that was could have been and should have been prevented by this the mayor going out there and pulling the guy off the guy's neck and charging him with a hate crime. Number six, budget is ignored. Debts incurred. Every time. The budgets add in debt into the cash receipt side to say they've balanced the budget. Federal budget, it's a farce. Uh, each state budgets, it's a farce. None of these colonies, as I call them, and Big Brother uh, government or Big Brother government or a monarchy, you take your choice, um, is financing this whole mess because each each state is incurring 
debt to cover uh, the law of rulers. We no longer have the rule of law at any level. Number seven, propaganda in tune with TikTok efficiency all the time. Number eight, freedom's not worth a dime. Well, I don't know if you can give a, 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 a counter-argument if we were on the debate stage, which never gets to these things. Oh, hell no. We don't want the voters to be educated. We don't want to have to, to come up with solutions to our, the issues that we're criticizing each other about and never want to talk about solutions. Therefore, you ignore the problems and you stir everything up with issues in the, through the propaganda machine, the Instagram, the TikTok, and the Facebook, and, and uh, our public uh, television programs. It's not our economics, which is the cost of overreaching governance at every level, and every level is not balancing a budget. They all are on this system of taxes are gone by March and the rest of it's borrowed money. Well, where are they borrowing it from? How are they borrowing it? Through the treasury bills, through the stock market, through the Fed. That's the derivative bubble. Everybody's riding on it. And when it bursts, everybody is going to be hurt around the world. This, this in 2008... That debacle, which was caused by Bernanke, Bush, and, and uh, the Treasury Secretary, uh, went around the world on the, on the basis of a LIBOR rate of, of 12%. It, it almost bankrupt the whole, whole world. And when this, one, this bubble bursts, the whole world will go down with it. It's our enterprises that no longer use the profit. That's called the gold standard. We've been taken off the gold standard. There is no foundation to the House of Cards and the and and the uh, House of Debt. I call I get this from the Debt Clock. You look at it www.debtclock.com is dot org is the only place you can even get close to generally accepted accounting principles for for what's going on and at every level of our country and our fifty colonies. The debt with no limit standard. So we don't have a gold standard, and we have a debt uh, standard with no limit. Compounded interest at the Fed's behest using Keynesian economics, so bankers, economists, bureaucrats, professors, pseudo-billionaires, to rule. It's no longer the rule of law, which is the foundation of a democracy. It's the law of rulers. Well, who are these rulers? Well, in America, it's the wealthy. It's, it's, the, it's a, a violent and vulgar culture with the wealth residing with the few. And the rest of us are, are following the followers right into the, the uh, gas chambers, if you want to put it that way, of bankruptcy. Because it will affect everyone in this country. And it's... <laughs> it's not there yet, quite there, can it be saved? Well, that's why I do this podcast, is that my proposed solution, is I'm told it'll never happen, is uh, a um, swing vote party called the American Enterprise Swing Vote Party. 
to be the referee between the, 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 the radicals on both sides, the, the Hatfields and the McCoys, blaming each other. And, of course, every president blames the previous president for everything. So we have the blame game going on real well. And, uh, but the law of the rulers is, is, is sneaking up on us, and uh, they don't want to destroy us. The Russians? No. Chinese? No. Iranians? No. Koreans, hell no, they make money off of us. Japanese, no. All a form of fascism or communism in their governments. There are giant communes where, of course, the elite, the the wealthy run everything. So um, we're no different. I guess maybe you would want to call us a monarchy rather than a um, uh, commune. Uh, because basically when you have a Biden or a Trump or, or any president, they're pretty much a monarch at this point. When you don't have the rule of law any longer, you don't have the Constitution any longer, you don't make money on anything any longer, you say taxes, 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 well, 46 different taxes don't even come close to covering this debt. And our leaders failing us 47 times, by promising, making promises, they, they, and their party makes promises that they never keep. The, the contract of America, that was a farce, Dole and Gingrich. Uh, protests causing riots every time. Oh, yeah, we, we allow protests because we're a democracy. Well, okay, well, the riots happen every time. And the budgets are ignored and the debts are incurred every time. Every state in the Union has the same concept of um, deficit spending, debts incurred. It's, it's the new world standards. No longer is it the gold or silver or that standard that gave the foundation for a currency. It's now crypto. It's now a digit on the computer. It's a mine that we never know how much it's got or where it comes from, and it, and it has no tangible substance. The world has gone crazy. Is there any way to get it back on track? Go back to the rule of law? Sure. Go back to constitutional government? Yeah. Uh, we don't need to, to, to keep amending it for the, for the, and forget about history. You know, communists and, and socialists or whatever they're called, fascists, they want to destroy history and just make history uh, on what they de- uh, uh, de- edict. Um, so, what is your solution, Jerry? You just keep wailing on about this. Well, in, it's, in, in substance is go back to what made us great. Uh, we don't need to make America great again. We are great on the basis of democracy, and it's enterprise. It isn't economics. It's not a. The, the, this is not about economics. Economics is the cost side of the um, profit curve. No, it's about our enterprise, our enterprising American workers. That's our socialism, and the and the shareholders are are the capitalists, and the capitalists and the socialists go together work together every day in the, in these enterprises. 
60,000 start up every month and 60,000 go out of business every month. Well, why would they go out of business? Well, it's because not everything works out for the entrepreneurs, and they're the ones taking the risks, not the rest of us, even though I've been an entrepreneur many times, had bankruptcy twice. No, it's the, the country is, is the only democracy because of the bankruptcy laws. It allows people to fail and start over. And that failure is happening at every level of our government, and they're going to have to incur the same thing that these 60,000 that go out of business is they're going to have to pay the, off their debt with their assets, and if it isn't enough, then they'll have to um, seek some haircuts. In other words, uh, in a quasi-reorganization of bankruptcy, we would be saying we have to to cut our 24 million government workers' payroll, which is $2 trillion a year, uh, and how would you do that? Just lay everybody off or fire everybody or whatever? No, you privatize agencies. Education, energy, transportation, agriculture, health care. Those that really operate on the basis of enterprise producing a service or a product and should be held accountable for making money, okay, and privatize those agencies. And we've got them at every level. There's so much redundant cost in this so-called regulatory environment that we have. We've got way too many uh, government employees and regulators and getting in the way of, of making money. Well, making money takes from one and gives it to another. No, each of us have to be our own uh, little investment and uh, and we each have to take a responsibility for generating a profit so the profit motive uh, in terms of the American Enterprise Party is not the only principle we go back to the Constitution we undo some of these amendments that, that are crazy and, and go back to uh, what I call the, the, it's not the gold standard any longer, uh, it's the enterprise standard, where, uh, yes, we can take a risk, we can, uh, we can fail, and in failure you have to t acknowledge that we're going to have to reduce our cost, which is the cost of economics. It's called the, uh, uh, the economies of scale. The more efficient and more effective you are with your skills and your management, the bottom line grows. It doesn't grow on the basis of how much you can borrow. It goes on how much you can make. And so we go back to that standard. That's what America great, made a great, America great. That's why people are streaming through our borders, because they want a piece of that American pie driven by the so-called American dream. So what is the American dream? Well, I've written a poem called Our America, or My America anyway. It's all built on this, this particular podcast of our Constitution, getting our debt down to a break-even point for our enterprise, close the borders, less people can come here and be vetted and, and can contribute to our society's safety, security, and profitability. It shouldn't be let in. The leaders should be on the basis of some 
background and experience in how to run a business. Not all of them be attorneys, professors, or economists. Those are the people that supposedly are telling all the rest of us what to do. We should be telling them to do their own job better. And uh, so it's leadership. Leadership has to have some experience. Did Donald, Donald Trump, he was a businessman. Look what happened there. He's a real estate guy. I'm not talking about uh, uh, real estate, which is what nursing home operators, uh, the big corporations that are buying all the nursing homes, they want the real estate. No, we have to have people that are in leadership here that knows how to run an enterprise. And who would you suggest that be? Well, right this at this point, I would, uh, if I if I had my druthers, I would pick dinos, Democrats of in name only, and rhinos, Republicans in name only, and recruit them to be in the American Enterprise Party, because supposedly that blend would be middle of the road referee for getting consensus on what better drives this country than free enterprise. That's what makes us great, that's what's going to keep us great, and that's what we should be focusing on. And so that would be, uh, the rhino would be um, Mitt Romney. Oh, well, he, he's a loser. He lost. Well, no, I, I'm not sure he lost for the wrong reasons or the right reasons. I don't know, but he Bain Capital, his company, is, is, is experts on how to turn around bankrupt organizations, and that's how he made his uh, wealth. And I would propose that he is a leader. He's demonstrated that. He does have a vision that's similar to what I'm talking about here now, I believe. And the other person would be Joe Manchin, who is a dino, who is now, they both say they're retiring out of the Senate, but I think they're both looking for another uh, party. And I would suggest that uh, they team up with me and and this American Enterprise Party uh, dream that I've had for 35, 40 years and try to take the country back, get it in a profitable mode, write, write off a lot of this, the, the debt that we owe these foreign uh, countries that have... Um, generated their wealth off of America and our ideas. Everywhere you go, you'll see the the, the Western ideas being uh, capitalized on by the Eastern and the European countries. So they should have to pay the price of some of this. Uh, so are you going to say they're going to be president, the Manchin and, and Romney are going to be president and vice president? No, it doesn't need to be that way. No, the swing vote is is that with this strategy, and we've got to focus on a quasi-reorganization plan, which are in my books, the trilogy, the American Enterprise part, Political Party Trilogy, the volume one, why we have to do it, which we've talked about here, and the volume two on how you do it, well, we've, we've talked about that as well. And then the, th the third is who's going to do it. Well, and we're talking about who's going to do it, risk-taking Americans, who stand for uh, what makes America great. Keep it great. So that's the message for today. I hope I didn't uh, 
puts you to sleep, nor I hope I didn't turn you off, but I'm trying to turn you on to we have to be seeking solutions to this nightmare, not because it, it, it's making the American dream into an American nightmare, and we will not solve it unless we stop it. And then we have to go forward in a profit motive, motive um, um, not just motive, but the, the standard. The, uh, not having the debt as the standard, but profit as the standard, and we would have to look at how we compete around the world because we're not going to bring all these, these ideas and all these supply and manufacturers back here. We, we just, U.S. Steel was just sold to Japan. It's still happening. You know, we're not going to make America great again by being what it was in World War II when President Roosevelt saved us with the ingenious use of trade war bond, or uh, war bonds. And that's what I'm suggesting we, we use to find this, finance this turnaround is trade war bonds. And, and everybody's going to have to invest in America. That includes the big guys, and they're going to have to invest a, a higher percentage than, than others. A uh, percentage of net worth should be then invested in war bonds, 10% war bonds. And we'll get this thing turned around. This is Roosevelt won the Second World War. We haven't won a war since, and we won't with bad leadership. So that's some of the, of, of the, the ways to do this. It took me some 800 pages and three books to really think through this, since I have the experience. I have been a consultant. Arthur Anderson trained me, and I've been a consultant to government and to the Methodist Church and did help save it from bankruptcy. So I do have a bank background, and I think I could be in, fill that role for uh, Romney and Manchin in the leading, uh, leading the country uh, out of bankruptcy. And... Uh, then maybe influencing other countries to uh, implement the uh, American enterprise method of, of government, which is uh, two parties, fine. The third party is only as a referee, but for consensus. And realize that we cannot regulate this thing to, to perfection. We cannot green the new deal it to anything but destruction. So if you if you don't have an ounce of common sense, you're probably going to be turning me off. But if you got an ounce of common sense, you better turn yourself on to this because we've got to to make the move now before this thing crashes because the bubble is inflated to the point it's going to burst all over every American and everyone in in uh, in in the, in in. Uh, our planet, because the dependency on America is huge, and we are not leading the world right now. The world is leading us into destruction. Thanks for listening. Yeah, this is uh, Jerry Rhodes, your podcaster today. Uh, the topic is uh, risk-taking American voters, and taxpayers. We have 200 million enterprising American workers who go to work 40 to 60 hours per week and ultimately pay all the bills and 90% of the taxes 
46 to be exact, with sales taxes and property taxes making up 56% and 34% of the state, local, and federal income taxes. Most, if not all, are in the dark about the economy and politics, other than what they hear or talk radio and TV by pundits who look and sound good but are only surface talking heads, paid to debate the debate and highlight the fake news so the pollsters can distort the candidates', candidates true popularity. Because that's truly a popularity contest. More so, the higher you go on the pecking order. Right now, it takes a billionaire to qualify to run for president, and millionaires are made by becoming a senator or congressman or woman or other higher-ups in uh, our government. When it gets to the gang at 545, 100 senators, 445 congressmen and women, actually that's 435, um, nine Supreme Court justices and one president, we tend to have a monarchy, not a democracy, since it takes billions of dollars to, to ever get in the race, let alone win it. Then they assail, then they are assured of wealth and longevity. We also have nepotism running rampant after one family member makes it on the team. Second and third generation candidates have the same recognition to be in the hunt and can get the book deals and bully pulpits to make a fully funded run at it, while the rest of us are merely spectators and supporters of one or the other of the two national political parties the left and the right, the red or blue, the liberals or uh, conservative or Democrat and Republican. I call them the McCoys and Hatfields because they're always shooting at each other and gridlocking everything as a an issue. Not a problem. An issue, then it can be, can be a crisis if they decide to call it a crisis, but really... They don't want to be talking problems because Sam Rayburn said, just go along to get along. Don't let those voters uh, narrow you in on having to propose solutions to the problems that you're making with over-legislating, uh, ridiculous regulations, uh, no sunset clauses on anything so they can get away with everything, including moving the debt ceiling 79 times and expecting all of us to really just keep voting for the party in favor, left or right, nothing in the middle. Oh yeah, we have the Nazi party there supposedly and the independent party and the Tea Party and the liberal, liberal uh, libertarian party uh, the White Heart Party, Black Party, Red Party, Yellow Party. You leave it, you get it. Since the rest of us have opinions on the so-called issues, but really think the country has problems that need to be solved by many, many of us would like to have a say in the long run, not just complain in the short run. And we all can read and write 
and understand arithmetics. So this book has all the ingredients, my books, the American Enterprise Swing Vote Party, to inspire more qualified candidates than we have now. It's a swing vote. It doesn't need to dominate the Senate. It doesn't need the majority in the House. It just needs to be relevant when it comes to ungridlocking and moving uh, consensus legislation through to the president. So we avoid the gridlock and we represent of the people, for the people, by the people, not just by the gang of 545. Maybe, just maybe, this would create valuable competition for making needed changes in how our country is run and solve the underlying problems of not having fair representation for 200 million enterprising workers. <clears throat> and now another two or 300,000 to a million undocumented, undocumented immigrants. God knows who they would vote for. In New York City, they thought they could get 800,000 of them voting, but that didn't pass. So the message for this podcast is that we have to reorganize, quasi-reorganization of our bankrupt country. If you don't believe me, go to the debt clock, www.usdebtclock.org, and www.openthebooks.com. You will get the accrual basis status of our country, and then you can dig down deep and see how the money's being wasted because of how they're spending it. And, and be aware, because they're not going to tell you this, but the our taxes are gone by the end of March at every level. So uh, all the, uh, the disbursements to support this humongous government are from borrowed money. And that borrowed money, if it's um, treasury notes or treasury bills, are in an inverted uh, yield curve right now where if you want to take it out to any degree of, of length and and put off the the liquidation of the debt, it's 1.4% for a 30-year and for a 10-week 10, a 10 or a month, it's 4%. So the, the treasury notes and treasury bills are not any great investment. And then if they can't sell lows in the market, then the, the treasury department of the, of the government will print up fiat dollars, put them into their banks and set the spending machine going and, you know, in, in, ingest or invest, as they did with the pandemic, 300 years worth of currency and uh, reduce the value of the dollar substantially to the point it's about 20 cents now. On the national market, uh, the exchange rates are getting so out of out of order that uh, now OPEC is wanting to de-dollarize trade. Uh, with them being the largest exporter, they, they, they want China. And China is the largest uh, exporter, exporter of uh, staples and prescriptions and um, automobiles. And, and have a monopoly on the shipping um, 
they are seeing themselves as being the the new uh, reference currency, or yuan, uh, which they're converting to a, a, a cryptocurrency, is their view of um, becoming number one in the world of trade and exchange rates and currency. So that's what this is all about. I've got this one that I took on a Zoom um, connection with another podcaster that had questions for me, Karthi Kandamiri, who is himself an immigrant, asking questions about what we're talking about here. So keep listening. Tell your friends. Share with your family and your contacts. Over and out.